Welcome everyone to the College Parent Podcast. My name is Cody Klein and I want to thank you for joining us today. On today's episode, we will be interviewing Michael Mrazek, the Director of Research at UC Santa Barbara's Center for Mindfulness and Human Potential. On today's episode, we will be discussing how the design of college experiences can benefit or hinder students and how parents can support their students through their undergrad experience. Welcome, Michael, to the College Parent Podcast. Thanks so much for having me. So, Michael, could you just tell us a little bit about yourself and just what has brought you into the sphere of just higher ed in general and just kind of give us a little glimpse into your story? Sure. Yeah. Well, I think at a young age, I got very interested in psychology because I was kind of struggling in my own life and I wanted to find ways to be able to to be happier as a high school student and Um, So I got very interested in kind of the sphere of personal development and started reading pretty broadly. And that, that brought me to an undergrad major in psychology, which I really enjoyed. And then I went to grad school and studied cognitive psychology and cognitive neuroscience. But my, my real focus throughout my career has been on two things. It's been on mindfulness as a tool to really help people improve both their performance and their psychological well-being. But then also beyond mindfulness, trying to understand how you can combine lots of different evidence-based strategies to really help young people and college students to kind of reach their full potential. And so I've I spent the last 10 plus years of my life in academia, running research studies, really thinking deeply about college students' mental health and well-being. Well, it sounds like you're perfect for this discussion. <laughs> Let's go ahead and dive into the discussion. And the first question is, colleges are specifically designed to benefit students, and they do so in countless ways. So why is it that college culture can sometimes develop in ways that actually undermines a student's health and happiness? Yes. Yeah, so college is a great opportunity, and it's, it's not only for the educational experience, but it also gives students a little bit of time to learn how to live more independently. But my perspective is that there's there's no guarantee that students are actually going to learn the mindsets and values and habits that are going to best serve them while they're at college. And my observation has actually been that there's at least some parts of college life and college culture that makes it a little bit harder for students to learn those things. And when you think about it, college does a kind of strange thing in that it takes a ton of young adults who are still in adolescence, and then it almost completely separates them from people of other ages. And then as students need to learn how to manage their lives, part of what they do is they just look around themselves and they engage in this process of social learning or observational learning where they they look at their friends and their peers and they they see what they're doing and they kind of guide their own behavior based on that. But of course, all of their peers are also still figuring things out. And so that process of social learning, it has some benefits. You know, personally, I I really believe in the wisdom of youth and I think you can learn a lot from your friends, but I've also observed that when you take a bunch of adolescents and you kind of isolate them and you let them just sort of be left to their own devices, that sometimes that leads them to create or perpetuate certain aspects of college culture that really aren't ideal. Awesome. 
Well, you kind of hinted at this, but what, what are some of the benefits to the college experience for college students at this unique time in their lives? One thing that's great about college culture is that it brings together all the different cultures of the students and the staff and the faculty at that school. And so it's an opportunity for students to live and learn and socialize with people from very different backgrounds, which is a great way of exposing yourself to new ideas and perspectives. So I think that's one really great part of college culture. I think another really wonderful part about college is that the entire agenda is to learn and to become a better version of yourself, right? When you're in college, almost all the responsibilities that you have are ultimately for your own benefit, right? Every lecture, every assignment, every exam, even if it doesn't feel like this to students, all of those things are ultimately intended to help them learn and grow. And once you graduate, as you get older, that's not always how life works, right? Like workplaces are not typically designed to just optimize the personal growth and well-being of their employees. So to have four years as an undergraduate where your major project is just to work on yourself, I think that's a real privilege and a, a great opportunity. Yeah, even through my position as an RD, I mean, we see this firsthand of all of these hindrances and benefits to just the college student experience and how sometimes being away from home can be really difficult for them, but also can be the best thing they've ever had in their life. Could you go ahead and outline for us some of the obstacles that get in the way of a student's life that are perpetuated by college culture? Yeah, and maybe I'll give a little context for how I came to my perspective on this. So for the last decade, my research has been trying to understand how much can a college student's life improve in just a matter of weeks if you try to create the right circumstances for those changes. And in order for our team to study that, what we've done is we take college students through what's essentially like a boot camp of personal development, where they get introduced to all of these evidence-based strategies for improving their health and their performance and their happiness. And that's been a really rewarding project for me personally, because I've got to sort of witness how much students can blossom in a short amount of time. But it's also been a really interesting window into the challenges that students face as they're trying to make these positive changes in their life, because there are definitely obstacles that come up. And there's all sorts of different obstacles, but there's really been three that have stood out to me over time as ones that are quite problematic, but also very widespread. And we can talk about each of these in detail, but just to lay them out, the first is the culture on college campuses around sleep and how that leads so many students to end up being chronically sleep deprived. The second obstacle is the culture around drug and alcohol use, which leads a lot of students to end up, I think, really overusing intoxicants. And then the third obstacle is about the culture of learning and how so many students end up really prioritizing grades and performance while kind of neglecting how much they're really learning and what kind of actual education they're getting. That's awesome. And yeah, go, go ahead and just deep dive into each of those on just how they are hindering students' experience and even maybe give us some remedies for how students can get eight hours of sleep a night or whatever that may be. Yeah, sounds good. Maybe we can um, 
maybe we can go through sort of the, the obstacles one by one, and then we can think a little bit about the, the solutions, because I think some of the best solutions aren't necessarily specific to any one problem, especially when you think about what parents can do to support their students. For that first obstacle of poor sleep, I think that this is maybe the one that is most widespread. And if you look at the scientific literature, it suggests that most students should be getting eight to nine hours of sleep per night, but that they actually get only six to seven hours. And then on top of that, we know that the quality of your sleep is influenced by whether you go to sleep at the same time and wake up at the same time each night. And that if you do that, it's it's better for the quality of your sleep. But what research has shown us is that college students usually actually go to sleep two and a half hours later on weekends than they do on weekdays. So for a variety of reasons, most students end up being pretty sleep deprived. And my perspective is that college culture ends up normalizing this way of sleeping. You know, students know that sometimes morning classes are going to be inevitable, but nevertheless, like nightlife and college parties frequently go until 2 a.m., sometimes much later. And research shows that students experience a lot of FOMO around their social life and that they don't want to miss out on what their friends are experiencing. And so what they do is they end up prioritizing their social life over their sleep, even if it comes at a pretty significant cost to how they feel and how they perform. In terms of like what to do about this, I think it's important for students to recognize that having a social life and getting enough sleep are not mutually exclusive. Like sometimes it seems that way to students, but that's not actually the case. And so I often remind students that there's nothing magical about the hours after midnight and that there's actually plenty of time to be able to hang out with friends and party and have a great time, but still actually get to sleep at a reasonable hour. But the problem is that that's not how college schedules usually work, right? Like college nightlife is usually really oriented pretty late. And what happens is that students just assimilate into that college culture. And even if they pay a big price for it in terms of lost sleep, that tends to be what they end up doing. Yeah, I know throughout my college experience, I don't think I had a consistent night of what time I actually went to bed. And it wasn't until, I mean, now now I'm 30 of, yes, by 10 o'clock, I'm in bed and I wake up at 6 a.m. every day. That really has helped my health. So could you dive into the next one about intoxicants in the college culture? Yeah, so I think everybody knows that college students often drink too much, right? Like parents know it, colleges know it, even students know it, but it's actually a pretty difficult problem to solve. And according to research, the, the single best predictor of whether a college student binge drinks is whether they're embedded in a social network with other people who are also binge drinking. And so there's a really strong kind of social influence at play there. And in some cases, I think it could be sort of explicit peer pressure that we think about where, you know, students are actually like really directly encouraging people to drink with them. But I think often it's actually just through implicit learning that this is what you do at college. 
And when you think about it, a lot of kids grow up with this idea that college is going to be a time in their life that's filled with all of these crazy parties and wild adventures. And then if they get to college and they're surrounded by people who are actually partying really hard, then it's completely natural for them to conclude that that's normal and that that's what they should be doing too. If you look at it from the other side, at college, I think there's very little modeling of what responsible drinking would actually look like. You know, students sometimes get that at home with their parents, but once you actually put them in a college environment and they're in a, at a college social event, it's rare to have good modeling about responsible drinking. And when I think about what college was like for me, I went to a lot of college parties and I never once had the experience where I was at a party and I was like taking my time to enjoy a nice glass of wine out of a real wine glass surrounded by other people who are doing the same thing. Like maybe some people had that experience in college. I never did. Almost all the parties that I went to, they were about shots, kegs, you know, terrible mixed drinks. And everybody around me was drinking really fast, mostly with the goal of getting drunk. And so if that's what you're surrounded by, then it's just totally natural that that's what you're going to think is normal and probably what you start to think maybe you should be doing too. Maybe you don't have an answer for this, but how, and this could be a difficult question to answer, but is there a way that you think that colleges could teach responsible drinking culture or how do you think that could come about within college culture as a whole? Yeah, I know that a lot of colleges are very focused on this issue. And I've seen a lot of like the online courses that students have to go through as a freshman that kind of teaches them about responsible drinking. And my sense is that generally those are not effective for the majority of students because, you know, 15 minutes through a kind of janky online course versus the social influences of everybody that you're surrounded by during your first year of college, like the relative influence of those two things is very misweighted. I think it's a hard thing for, for colleges to solve for students in general, but I don't think that it's an unsolvable problem for any specific student or family. And maybe we can circle back to this a little bit later, but I think that one of the really important things to do is to really empower students with the right perspectives and mindsets about how to think about their health. And most college students, in my experience, are not very focused on their health. They kind of take their health for granted because they're young and they don't really feel the consequences as much. Um, but my perspective is that for a lot of people, they actually age more during college than during any other four years of their life because of the ways that they treat their body and the things that they put themselves through, right? They're not eating well, they're not sleeping well, they're using crazy amounts of intoxicants. So even though they don't feel it, and even though they don't see it on the outside, the toll that it's taking on their body in terms of how rapidly they're aging is actually really fast. And so that's just one example of if you, if you empowered a given student with that perspective and you help them really understand how their choices now are affecting their, their health in ways that's going to have meaningful implications for the rest of their life. I do think that that can make a difference in terms of the, the choices that they make. Yeah, it's like trying to come against that invincibility construct that most college students have and 
It's like they're invincible until they're not. And then, and then they're like, oh, snap. Yeah. Uh, wow, that's, that's <laughs> really great stuff. Well, let's move on to the third one, prioritizing performance over learning. Can you give us a deep dive into that? Yeah, so I think this one is really important. And for context, you know, first and foremost, college is supposed to be a time in life where you can really focus on getting a great education, right? That's the main reason why students and their families invest so much time and money in sending students to school. But what I've noticed is that a large majority of students end up falling into a performance mindset where what they actually care about more than learning is just what are their grades? Are they checking off the boxes and getting the good grades and sort of moving forward through the the process of college? And I think that there are a lot of reasons for this, but part of it circles back to social learning or observational learning. And you know, I've noticed that students, they see their peers cramming before tests, right? Doing just enough to get the right grade, even though I think most students understand that that's not really the best way to learn and have sort of a long-term understanding of the material. Plus, I observe students talking to each other about their coursework as though it's a chore. You know, it's just like a, a means to an end, something that they have to, to get through in order to get the grade, in order to get the degree, in order to get the job. The problem is that all of that reinforces a culture of performance instead of a culture of learning. And students sometimes think that it's not a problem because if you have a mindset where what really matters is performance, you can still graduate with a good GPA, right? Because that's what you're working on. You're just trying to get the good grades. And so you feel like you're doing it successfully. But first, that's not a very satisfying way of experiencing college just going through the motions, doing it as a chore in order to get the grade. And then just as importantly, I've noticed a lot of students, they, they take that approach, but then when they graduate, they actually don't feel fully prepared for the job market where once you get a job, you're actually responsible for demonstrating real knowledge and having real competencies. And the culture of performance leads you to maybe put yourself in a position where you might be able to get that job, but you're not actually fully prepared to deliver at it. And so I think that mindset of performance over learning is something that students need to be pretty careful with. Yeah, I know even in my own college experience that <laughs> my undergrad experience, I got great grades, but then once I got out of my undergrad, it's like, what skills do I actually have? I mean, I was really great at acing those tests, but I don't know how to run a business and I have a business degree, but that was eight years ago. Even within that, if you were discussing this with a student and they are entering into their freshman year, how would you have them approach college in a way that they do embrace the learning side of it instead of the performance aspect? Yeah, that's a, a great question. And I do have that conversation with students a lot. Um, I think that if I just had one conversation with them, what I would probably ask is what are the what are the qualities and the skills that you're going to need to actually succeed at the job or the career that you want because by default what almost every student i interact with thinks about is what do i need to get the position not what do i need to learn in order to actually do a great job of it and uh, so that question I have noticed can be quite helpful for students. And sometimes just making it very concrete for them is like, 
imagine not just submitting your application, but thinking about sitting down in a behavioral interview for your dream job where they've already seen your resume. So that's not really the relevant question. The question is, as they're talking to you about what you learned, how can you present yourself? How can you present your knowledge and your abilities? And when students think about it that way, it can help them realize that getting a 3.8 or a 4.0 is great, but there's a lot more to actually being able to win and then succeed at the job that they want. I mean, I feel like that has application to anyone that's currently in the job market right now. If if you're applying for this job, you need to have those skills to apply for and be able to demonstrate those. So that's awesome. So let's go ahead and transition into the parent side of things. As parents are walking alongside their college student, what can they do to support their student through this college experience that is helping them and also hindering them? So I think there are three things that parents should keep in mind. And the first is that most parents actually have a lot of wisdom to impart to their kids, but channel of communication isn't always that open. You know, research shows that actually most college students do feel like their parents are a primary source of emotional support. And yet most students are also reluctant to talk to their parents about their challenges or their shortcomings. And part of that is, of course, that they don't want to disappoint their parents. But part of it is also that they don't want to receive a whole bunch of unsolicited advice, especially before they feel understood. And so even though this doesn't happen overnight, I think it's really important for parents to step back and think about what they can do to create a relationship with their kids where their students can feel seen understood and respected because that's kind of the baseline or the foundation from which their students will actually be open to their perspective and their feedback. Yeah. That makes me think of just the the phrase, people don't care what you know until they know that you care. And that is so applicable to even just a parental relationship as well of I can think of all the times that my parents gave me really wise words but I wasn't ready to hear them so so what's what are some other things that parents can do to help the second thing is that I I recommend that parents focus more on mindsets instead of behaviors because you just can't monitor and control your students behaviors while they're at college it's not possible and If your student values sleep and health and moderation and learning, then they're going to seek out the ways to bring more of those things into their life. And by contrast, if they don't think those things are that helpful or important, then they're just not going to prioritize them. And so parents, I think, can have an outsized effect on their kids if they can help them make small shifts in those mindsets or values. And I'll share one example of how I think my parents helped me in that way. So when I was in college, I was a pretty good student, um, but my parents almost never talked to me about my grades. What they did talk to me about quite a lot was my sleep. And many times throughout those four years, my parents reiterated that their perspective was that if I was sleeping well, everything else in my life was going to go better. And that message came through again and again, very clearly. And getting to see how strongly my parents valued that 
head made it easier for me to evaluate too. And then once I valued it, it wasn't that hard for me to figure out the strategies that I could use to actually get the sleep I needed in my life, which changed from year to year. So they didn't have to be involved as much on kind of that behavioral level, because what they did is they instilled in me a value that sleep was actually very important. Trying to even think of stuff that my parents have told me of, (laughs) I can even remember my, my grand, I can remember a specific one from my grandpa of just teaching me how to handshake well and just giving a hard handshake you don't want it to be weak but like that's been instilled in me and like so now like every person i meet it's like got to give them a proper handshake and that has created a lot of great first impressions just from a simple handshake are there any other ways that parents can support i think the last thing i'll mention is that i don't think parents should feel like they have to do everything themselves you know when you think about all of the mindsets and the strategies that can help students navigate the less than ideal aspects of college culture there's actually a lot of ground to cover. And to sort of illustrate that, you know, some of my colleagues and I, we run a a program for college students called the Summer Institute in Applied Psychology. And it's this immersive three-week program where every day we're spending the whole day helping students really develop the perspective and the life skills that can help them navigate college uh, and to sort of achieve long-term success and happiness. And there's so much to cover, right? There's barely enough time to squeeze it into three weeks. And we have to be very selective about what we cover because there's so much to learn. So from that perspective, rather than try to impart all of this to their students themselves, I think it makes sense for parents to think about a big part of their role being connecting their students with the right resources, right? Because there's so many great books and podcasts in college clubs and summer programs. And parents can make a huge difference for their kids if they can just help connect them with the right resources. That's awesome. And as we wrap up this episode, what if there's one thing you want parents and college students to walk away with, what's that little nugget of wisdom that you want to leave them with? I think it's really important to be able to create an open dialogue between parents and students about mindsets and values and that that's not an easy thing to achieve but if you can accomplish that i think you can make a really important difference in allowing the wisdom from parents to be kind of a counterbalancing force that helps students navigate college and all of the social influences that might be leading them to make less than ideal choices Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Michael, for being on the College Parent Podcast. If people are trying to find you, where is the best way for them to find you on the World Wide Web? I think I'd probably direct them to our website at uh, empiricalwisdom.com, where they can learn more about our perspective and also about that summer institute that I mentioned for college students. Awesome. Well, it's just been a really insightful episode, and I've loved hearing everything you've had to say. And sure talk for hours about all your research and all of that that's been going on Um, super fascinating well listeners thank you for joining us on the college parent podcast if you are interested and want to learn more you can find our podcast on apple Podcasts or spotify have a great day